Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Everything USC podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with the show for every team in LA and much, much more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm Nara Wang, and for episode 42, my guest is the Hall of Fame voice of USC football on the radio and a fellow former sports director of KSCR, the student-run campus radio station, Pete Arbogast. Pete, it's a pleasure to welcome you back to the Everything USC podcast. Good to be here again. Here we go. And of course, if you enjoy listening to the show, you can subscribe, download, and rate it wherever you get your favorite podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Luminary, or TuneIn, or go right to the website Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Podcasts. For me, I am on Twitter. You can find and follow me there, at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Pete, for all the SC fans out there, how do they get a hold of you on social media or anywhere else? I don't even know my handle. I think it's at SC Voice, but it could be at USC Voice. It's like, why do you have to know your own phone number sort of thing? At USC Voice on Twitter. And I'm on other stuff, but I don't know what my handles are. They can find you. Yeah, not that tough. The Everything USC Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. It has been a tumultuous season so far for USC football as the Trojans have a 3-3 record halfway through their schedule after alternating wins against San Jose State, Washington State, and Colorado with embarrassing home losses to Stanford, Oregon State, and Utah. The loss in Week 2 versus the Cardinal resulted in Clay Helton's firing with Dante Williams elevated to be the interim head coach. Before the season started, some people were thinking that SC could possibly be undefeated going into this week's game at Notre Dame, and that certainly turned out to be way too optimistic a projection for this team. I wasn't one of those people, but I wasn't expecting the Trojans to be at 500 and getting blown out in three straight conference home games either. Pete, what were your expectations heading into the 2021 season compared to how it's turned out so far? I had a pretty good thought that they could, in fact, go undefeated into the Notre Dame game. And I based that on the offensive line being much better than it has been, especially in the run game, and us having a defense that hasn't turned out to be a very good one. The defensive line hasn't been very productive, and the secondary, which is surprising because I thought that was one of the strongest points on the football team, has not been particularly good either. 
keeping in mind that Stanford, Oregon State, and Utah have all turned out to be pretty decent football teams. So it's not quite as embarrassing as it might otherwise be. And Utah right now is in the driver's seat for the Pac-12 South, and, and Oregon State is tied with Oregon for the Pac-12 North. So you, you never know. But I thought I thought we would be better than we are. Have you seen any differences with the team since Helton was fired and Williams took over? Oh, not giant differences, no. They're improving a little bit here and there, as you have to, as you get more practice and more repetitions and the season grows longer, you learn more and you get better as a result of that. It's hard to quantify that in ball game situations, such as you saw against Utah in the most recent game. And I don't know that it'll be easy to see improvements against Notre Dame, although it's a rivalry game and you never know what might happen, even when SC's down and Notre Dame is better than USC right now. This is not a great Notre Dame team by any means, but they seem to be better and good enough to beat USC. Yeah, we're getting better. Little things are getting better. They're tightening things up at practice or changing things up as any coaching staff would do. And we're going to see some new guys in the second half of the season also that there's no reason not to play everybody at this point. Get them ready for next year. See what you got. So it's been difficult. It's been frustrating. And we'll see what the second half brings. What do you think has been the biggest reason for the underachievement for the Trojans? Well, up front, any football team, any coaches, any, any fans know the ability to block and tackle. It's number one. You can have all the wide receivers and great defensive backs and linebackers in the world. But if you're a poor tackling team, which this team appears to be, at least at the moment, and you don't block up front as well, nor rush their passer as well, nor stop their running game as well as you should, then you're going to have some problems. And that's what's happened against teams that are equal to or better than USC. It comes down to the line play, and, and that's where SC has been beaten in these games. When they beat the other teams, they have better line play than the other guys do. What can the Trojans do to finish the season strong over these last six games? Well, you, you better stick together. That's first. You better find some emotion, even when things are going badly. You're a high-quality athlete. NFL scouts are going to be looking at how you react to this adversity. And do you come shining through? Do you still play well? Do you still play team ball? Do you still uplift your teammates? Do you still say the right things in the media? They're looking at all that. And all these guys have a dream of playing in the NFL. They're the best of the best of their high school guys. And a lot of these guys are going to go play in the NFL, but where they'll be drafted and such. So I think it's sticking together is a real big deal. Continuing to improve, continuing to play every play as hard as you can. Never give in. You just can't do that. As soon as you do that, everything falls apart and you might as well not even be playing after that. And of course, there's a ton of speculation out there about who the next head coach might be for USC. Who do you think USC should be targeting as the next head man? Well, the easy thing to do is, look, you start at the top. Whoever you think the best football coach in America is, NFL or college, doesn't matter. Call them and say, hey, are you interested? And they say no. And then you move to number two and number three. You keep going down the list. So you find somebody got all the things checks most of or all of the boxes that you want checked and you check all the boxes for them. doesn't matter where you start. Start at the top, wherever you think the best guy is. You want to call Pete Carroll again? Go ahead and give him a call. Why not? There's no reason to leave anybody out of the search. And then when you round up the suspects that are interested and that you're interested in, four or five of them, then bring them in for interviews and find out what they're all about in person do some really thorough background checking about who they are on and off the field and how they treat their players and how they treat their coaches and 
how they are with the media and all that, and then make your decision. Do you think that money is going to be an issue in terms of hiring for the next coach? Well, I hope not. You're going to have to throw boatloads of money at anybody who takes this position. It's a high-quality, high-pressure position in a big-time city. This is not going to be a cheap hire by any means. Whoever gets this job is going to have a lot of money. This is, of course, the Everything USC podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Nara Wang, joined today by the voice of USC football, Pete Arbogast, currently in his 26th season calling Trojan football. And if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you can find it wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, download, and rate us there. Or go right to the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Podcast. For me, you can reach out to me on Twitter, at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Pete, let the people know how they can reach out to you. At USC Voice is my Twitter handle. I'm on Instagram, and you can find me. It's not that difficult. And Facebook, of course. Am I on any other social media? I don't think so. Those are the three. That's it. That's all I got. But how many followers do I have? I don't even know. How many followers do I have on Twitter these days? Yeah, never mind. I'll let you know later. I think it's just over 2,000, which isn't very much. And I hardly ever tweet. I really mostly retweet. Hey, everybody. Marcus Grant here from the NFL Network. Hope you're enjoying the Everything USC podcast with my longtime friend Nara Wang on the Believe Podcast Network. Believe in Trojan sports and fight on. Now, Pete, let's look ahead to this weekend's matchup against the bitter rivals, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who come in ranked 13th in both the AP and coaches poll. 5-1 and one on the season. It will be the 92nd meeting of the greatest intersectional rivalry in college football. And of course, they didn't play last season for the first time since 1945. That was due to World War II. This was due to the coronavirus pandemic. And the only Notre Dame loss this season is against the now number two team in the country, the Cincinnati Bearcats. Notre Dame's head coach, Brian Kelly, in his 12th year at the school, has won 107 games against just 40 losses, a winning percentage of nearly 73% for the Fighting Irish. He became the all-time winningest coach in Notre Dame history, passing the legendary Newt Rockney with a win over Wisconsin earlier this season. Now, technically, 21 of those wins have been vacated by the NCAA, so depending on how you want to look at that, he may or may not have the record, but according to Notre Dame, he does. And in the all-time series between these two schools, Notre Dame leads 49-37 and five ties back in the days when there were ties. That includes the vacated wins by USC in 2005 and Notre Dame in 2012 and 13. The last game was two years ago at South Bend, a 30-27 Fighting Irish victory. The Trojans scored 24 in the second half of that one, but couldn't overcome falling behind by 17 early in the third quarter. And none of the SC players who actually scored in that game are still on the team. The kicker who made some field goals and extra points, Chase McGrath, and wide receivers Amon Ross St. Brown and Tyler Vaughns caught TDs. And the one rushing TD was by Marquis Stepp. Obviously, Keaton Slovis was the quarterback who threw the couple of touchdowns, but the guys who actually scored touchdowns and in the kicking game are not on the team anymore. 
You've got both teams coming in off of bye weeks. That's the seventh time that both USC and Notre Dame have bye weeks before meeting each other. And USC has won five of the previous six times. But the Fighting Irish have won 36 straight games against unranked opponents, which is the longest active streak in the FBS. And they are 70-9 and under Brian Kelly when scoring 30-plus points including the last 37 in a row. USC has lost three consecutive games against the Irish and the last four in South Bend. Every year, everyone looks forward to this game, of course. And Pete, does it stir up the juices extra for you to get to go to South Bend and call this game between these two rivals? Yes, yes, it does. I was just thinking that last night as I was finishing putting together some notes of all the games that we do every year. Of course, UCLA stands in there as well. But uh, if you go to a Rose Bowl, that's a big deal. But this Notre Dame game is East versus West, and it's a clash of cultures, really. I watched a video on the Notre Dame athletic website last night, which was so one-sided. It was a 22-minute history of the USC Notre Dame series, virtually ignoring the fact that SC had ever won a game in the series. Barely, grudgingly, (laughs) they put it in there. And it got me to see things so much that I said, why don't we actually put together a real video, a real film about the history of the Notre Dame-USC series and tell the real story from both sides? Yes, both sides have had great wins and horrible defeats. I've been lucky to be a, a part of a great many since I started broadcasting these games 33 years ago in 1989. There's been a lot of fun games and a lot of on the other side where you just want to bury your head. It's no fun at all. We don't like them. Uh, they don't like us. By the way, you mentioned their record and their, their ranking at number 13. But let's keep in mind that they, they beat Florida State by three in overtime. They beat Toledo by three. They beat Virginia Tech by three. They had to come from behind to beat Purdue in the fourth quarter. So And Purdue's not bad, but... Let's keep in mind that this is not a great Notre Dame team. It's just a decent one. Yeah, and let's talk about some of the players to look at on the Fighting Irish squad. On offense, their quarterback, the grad transfer from Wisconsin, Jack Cohn. He has completed just under 62% of his passes for a little over 1,200 yards this season. 10 touchdowns against three interceptions. But he's been banged up a little bit. Both of his backups, Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner, have played as well. Buckner's a little more athletic, can run the ball, so maybe he gets in for some packages as well during the game. Their running back, a third-year sophomore, Kyron Williams, leads the team with 96 carries, 370 yards, and four touchdowns on the ground. Their best pass catcher is actually sophomore tight end Michael Mayer. 32 catches for 360 yards and three touchdowns, leading the Irish in all of those categories. When you flip it over to the defensive side, you've got junior safety Kyle Hamilton, a 2020 All-American, a guy who's expected to probably go in the top 10 for sure in the NFL draft if he were to leave early after this season. Has 32 tackles on the team, two of those for loss. Three interceptions leads the team and four pass breakups. They've got a third-year sophomore linebacker, J.D. Bertrand, who leads the team with 58 tackles, five of those for loss, one and a half sacks, and a fumble recovery for him. And kind of a breakout guy on the defensive line, third-year sophomore Isaiah Foskey, 27 tackles, six of those for loss to lead the team. 
Five and a half of those are sacks, also leading the team in that category, and has picked up two fumble recoveries and forced a fumble. So what does USC have to do to contain these guys and get the victory on the road this weekend? Well, you better be physical with them right off the bat because it's going to be a big boy game where hard hitting is the way it works. And if you don't stop Kyron Williams from running the ball for 100 yards or 150 yards, you're going to have a problem. So you want to get down to those quarterbacks making throws. Buckner's only a freshman from Helix High in San Diego. He became the first Notre Dame true freshman quarterback to score a touchdown passing and and rushing against Virginia Tech a couple weeks ago. So as you said, he's very athletic. None of them are Ian Book, who left last year. That's a good thing because he killed us. Mike Meyer is probably the best tight end in the country. If he's not, he's close to it. They're going to push you around if if they get the chance. So you better be physical. You better be ready to hit and set the tone right from the front of the ball game. Notre Dame's defense has forced opponents to cough up 14 turnovers this year, which is one of the top marks in the country. But SC's defense has forced 10 turnovers. So that might be a big deal on a chilly evening in South Bend. Whoever hangs onto the football the best, or at least doesn't fumble it in a lousy place. I mean, is there ever a good place really to get rid of the football when you have it? But turnovers may be a big deal in this ballgame on Saturday. I'm interested to see what happens there and whether physicality comes into play in terms of turning the ball over. It usually does in the SC Notre Dame game. They have a lot of interceptions, 10 interceptions, which means our quarterbacks are going to have to be smart and be on. Are we going to see both of our quarterbacks? Do you throw Jackson Dart out there after he hasn't played in a few weeks? That's a tough place to play, even if you're a great quarterback. You throw a kid like that into Notre Dame Stadium on a cold October night and expect him to make perfect throws. Well, he didn't do that against Washington State, for crying out loud, in Pullman. But Notre Dame's a better place than that. So if he plays, he better be ready because it's a very, very difficult atmosphere, no question. Yeah, the last time that they played, that was Keaton Slovis as a freshman at Notre Dame. And he wasn't terrible, but he didn't light the world on fire either. And that's why it required a big comeback that fell just short. Well, we got job. We got jobbed in that game. And that's not the first time that's happened. There was a lousy roughing the quarterback call where our guy was blocked into their quarterback and they called the roughing the quarterback. It kept Notre Dame's drive alive long enough for them to kick a field goal in a game. They won by three. And if that call doesn't get made, Trojans take over on downs or actually force a punt. And maybe the game takes an entirely different direction. Yeah, you literally took the words right out of my mouth. I was about to bring up the terrible officiating from that game. But again, that's something to be expected, right? When you get Mm -hmm. USC, Notre Dame together and you're on the road. So hopefully we won't have any issues with the refs this time, but we shall see about that. And so because this is what we do, we have to make predictions on this show about how we think this game is going to go. and. I'll begin by recapping how the predictions have gone so far this year against my guests. I am 500, just like USC, Pete. I have six wins against six losses and two ties in the categories that we do all season long. So now it's my time to test my wits against you. We'll see who does better and add on to the season tally. First, the players we believe in, which is Essentially, the Trojan MVP of the game. For this week against Notre Dame, I'm going to go with the running back, Keontae Ingram, the Texas transfer. I think if SC 
is to have a successful game. They're going to need to be able to run. And right now, the featured guy is Keontae Ingram. So he is who I am taking as my player that I believe in for this week. Pete, who do you have? Drake Jackson or Tuli Tui Pelotu. I think they're the most important guys in the field to keep Notre Dame's offense in check and to put pressure on whichever quarterback is out there, make him cough the football up or throw it poorly so we can pick it off. All right, so you're going defensive side, Drake Jackson or Tuli Tui Pelotu. And on the game score right now, USC is currently an underdog for the first time this season. They are a seven-point underdog on Bet Online, who is, of course, a sponsor of this show. And I will let you go first, Pete. What do you think the game score and winner will be for this one? You know, I've seen an awful lot of these games, and some of them don't go the way you think they're going to go. I always hearken back to the first one I ever went to in 1971. SC was 2-4, and four, Notre Dame was 6-0, and oh, and number one in the country, and the Trojans ended up winning the ballgame. So you just don't know. Things haven't been going very well. Both teams have had a week off to get ready for this game. It's there. We haven't won there in, in a while, 2011. That's how long streaks start. I suspect that Notre Dame will probably win the football game. And right around the point line, maybe somewhere along the lines of uh, 35, 28, 35, 27, something like that. So you're going with the close one. But I got to know, is it 28 or 27 for SC? Because that makes a big difference here on the line. Right on the spread. Eh? Maybe we add another field goal. So I'll say we break the spread 35, 30. I'll say we kick a field goal and beat the spread, which hardly ever happens. SC is not a good spread team. You are correct, and that is why I am going to have, unfortunately, Notre Dame covering the spread here. And like I mentioned earlier about the streak that Notre Dame has when they're going with 30-plus points in a game, I too think they're going over 30. I've got them winning 34-17. I think the cold, I think the issues with the physicality that we've seen this season, I think it's going to be tough for SC to get things going. And so I have it 34-17 for Notre Dame this weekend. I hope do I'm not, wrong. Do not bet the house. Anything, I hope anything could happen. Anything could happen. It is a rivalry game. You never know. But that's what I've got. And so now we go to the prop bet pick portion of predictions. And, of course, mine is called Nara's No Doubter. And for this week, I'm going to go back to the prediction I made to start the season in the opener against San Jose State, I said that there would be a defensive or special teams touchdown scored in the game. I was right then, so I'm trying to recreate the magic. There will be a defensive or special teams touchdown scored in this game by one of the teams at least. So, Pete, last year when you were on, you called your prop bet pick Pete's Ponderance. Are you going to stick with that name, or do you have a new one for me this year? Well, how did I do? That's the question. I probably well, you didn't, lost. You didn't hit. You went no. with the coin flip, and you said that USC would win the toss yeah, and receive, loss. and they deferred. So It's Pete's preference this time. Pete's preference. <laughs> All right. Changing it up to try and get the new mojo going. So what is right. Pete's preference? SC will outpass Notre Dame by more than 75 yards. USC will outpass Notre Dame by at least 75 yards. That is a very interesting choice there. But definitely could happen if SC can get the game in their favor by throwing the ball down the field, which is what they want to do, obviously. Well, also, if they fall behind like you have expected, then they're going to have to throw. That is true. 
All right, so let's recap the predictions for this week in the players that we believe in. I am going with the running back, Keontae Ingram. Pete, I'm letting you take two guys here, Drake Jackson or Tuli Tuipilotu on the defensive side. So how about this? You get whoever has the best game. Does that work? Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be Drake. But I, you know, he and Tuli have teamed up a couple times this year already for strip sack fumble recoveries. Right, one each way. Yeah, so uh, you know, who knows which guy's going to do it? So I'll give you whoever does best between those guys. Okay, out of those two. All right. In the game score, Pete has USC falling just short, covering the spread, but losing 35-30. I have it a bigger margin for Notre Dame, 34-17. And in our prop bets, Nara's no-doubter is that there will be a defensive or special teams touchdown scored in the game, while Pete's preference is that USC will outpass the Fighting Irish by at least 75 yards. So we will see you next week how we do, and the season battle between myself and the guests will continue. This is, of course, the Everything USC podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nara Wang. My guest this week is calling the USC football game for 790 AM KABC and the USC football radio network on Sirius XM, wherever you can find the games. He is, of course, Pete Arbogast. And you can subscribe, download, and rate this show wherever you get your favorite podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, or go right to the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com on social media, at Believe Podcast. For me, I am on Twitter, at Narawang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Pete, let the people know how they can catch up with you. At USC Voice is the best way, or Facebook, you you find me. I look just like this. Oh, you don't see my picture. You only hear my voice. Well, that doesn't work on Facebook as well as it ought. So just find me. You'll figure it out. Hi, Trojan fans. This is Lindsay Gottlieb, head coach of the USC women's basketball team. And you're listening to the Everything USC podcast with Nara Wang on the Believe Podcast Network. Fight on. So this weekend's game at Notre Dame between USC and the Fighting Irish will be beginning at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time, 7.30 on the East Coast, where the game is going to take place. It is, of course, going to be broadcast on NBC this year since it's at Notre Dame. But you can always catch the radio broadcast with my guest, Pete Arbogast, calling it with Sean Cody. Now, Pete, you've done so many of these USC Notre Dame games over the years. And I just want to get what's your favorite memory or story from a USC Notre Dame game that took place in South Bend that you broadcasted? Oh, in South Bend. Well, that's a little more difficult. We blew them up there 45-14 in that middle of that run where we were beating Notre Dame 31 points three years in a row, 2002, 3, and 4. That's fun when you, when you blow them up there. And 38 nothing in 2007, that's special because they don't get shut out at home like ever. That 71 game I mentioned, the upset when I was a kid in high school, I saw that in person, and that was great. The Bush Push game, of course, comes to mind. That's been all over the internet in the last couple of days, just about everywhere, because that always comes up this time of year as well. It's always fun to go to South Bend. They have great pomp and circumstance before the game, and it's a great atmosphere. If you've never been to a game there, or I mean, there are many places in the United States to go see great college football atmospheres, but Notre Dame's certainly one of them. You owe yourself a chance to go to that one. 
And what do you think makes this rivalry in particular such a special one? Well, it, it, I think it's a national rivalry. It's not a local thing. It's not SCUCLA. It's not Auburn, Alabama, same state, Michigan, Ohio State, very close regional. It's Midwest. Uh, in the old days, they considered it the East almost. Well, actually, in the old, old days, they considered it the West. But this is East and West. And they do things differently in Notre Dame Stadium and at Notre Dame than they do at USC and in Los Angeles. And it's oil and water for sure. That's what makes it so good. Everybody in the country pays attention to this game, no matter how the teams are doing. This is a game everybody stops and watches every year. That's why it's on prime time and looking forward to it. Again, hoping that USC can start the second half of the season strong with this road trip to South Bend to take on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And Pete, any final words for the Trojan faithful out there to perk up their spirits maybe going into this game and the rest of the season? Well, we need one. We figure to beat Arizona and probably Cal, although Cal looked good against Oregon, so who knows. But we need one of the other ones. This one, the one at Arizona State, UCLA, or BYU at home to become bowl eligible. That was a thought that we didn't have when the season started. And you want to have, with a young team, with a new coaching staff coming in, you want to be bowl eligible to have those extra practices and get that extra game in at the end of the season. So to do that, you got to win one of these. This will be a tall order for sure. But won't it be sweet if you pull it off in South Bend, Indiana, when you're least expected to do it? It would be incredibly sweet. And Pete, looking forward to having you on the call of the game as always. And thank you for your time today. You bet. We start at uh, 2.30 on KABC with our tailgate show with Jordan Moore and Max Brown and Sue Cravens, and then work up to our time in the booth starts at 4 o'clock Los Angeles time. So we look forward to talking to you then. Awesome. So for my guest, USC football play-by-play broadcaster Pete Arbogast, I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for episode 42 of the Everything USC podcast presented by Bet Online on the Believe Podcast Network. Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with the show for every team in L.A. and so much more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And as I end every show, please remember to fight on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.